This was a bad idea. It had to be, right? Someone else should be doing this, not her. She wasn't cut out for this. What if she messed up? What if she broke down or lost her temper or stumbled over her words? Lady Sith? No, she can do this. She just needs to go in there and get it over with, just like she practiced. Hera said she'd be fine, and Hera was really good at these things. Politics and talking and all the things Sif wasn't great at. She knew what she was doing. If she thought Sif couldn't handle it, she would have told her so. Besides, it's not like the Christians were in any place to negotiate terms. Lady Sif? What is it? Sif snaps, turning to face Tyr with a frown only to walk straight into the large ornate door leading into Eden's council chamber. Ugh. She falls back with a yelp and lands on her backside, grunting. She glares up at Tyr as he rushes to her side and kneels down, offering his hand. Why didn't you tell me we were already here? Tyr smiles uneasily and inches closer, outstretched hand drawing closer still. Growling, she tries to smack Tyr's hand away, but it doesn't budge. She pouts, narrows her eyes, and smacks it again, harder. Sif groans and recoils, drawing her arm in and shaking her reddened wrist. Frowning, Sif pushes herself up, or tries to, at least. Her first attempt lands her right back on her rump. Well, that's embarrassing. Heat comes to Sif's cheeks. Had she gained weight? No, there was no way. Although without Modi at home to keep her on track, she hadn't been keeping on top of her workout regimen. Great, on top of everything else she had to deal with, now she's fat, too? No, no way, Hera wouldn't let her get fat. Best friends don't let best friends get fat. She would have said something. Yeah, definitely. It's these darn uh, floors! Sif protests weakly, puffing out her cheeks. They're too... Uh... Sif strains and hoists herself up, wobbling unsteadily. Slick! Stupid Christians and their stupid fancy floors! Sif stares at Tyr and pats her dress down. He doesn't say anything, so Sif narrows her eyes and crosses her arms. Tyr blinks and nods. A moment of silence persists. Sighing, Sif rolls her eyes and is about to speak up when the door opens and a curvaceous woman steps out into the hallway. She tilts her head to the side, short white hair raking along the top of her glasses, golden irises blankly scanning over the Acer Queen and her one-armed bodyguard. Hello. Do you have an appointment? What? Sif arches an eyebrow and looks the curvy woman up and down. Her skirt was so short. Sif couldn't imagine ever wearing something like that. Well, maybe if she slimmed down some more? Not that she was fat, of course. That had already been ruled out. Although she'd always been a bit self-conscious about her backside being as big as it was. Thor had always told her it was a good thing and that it meant she could have lots and lots of babies, but that never made much sense to her. Still, it made Thor happy, and that had always been enough for her. But Modi would always make fun of it, and Thruth really seemed to dislike it, so maybe it wasn't a good thing after all. Maybe she should ask Hera. She knows more about these kinds of things. Ma'am? The curvaceous woman speaks up, snapping Sif back to reality. Her brows furrow and a pout returns to her face. She locks eyes with the short skirt woman before speaking again. I'm Sif! She stops short and corrects herself with a little smirk. Queen Sif! I don't need an appointment! I'm here to talk to Raphael. Fetch him! Sif finishes callously, motioning dismissively with her hand. My apologies. Raphael is preoccupied at the moment, Lady Sif. I would, of course, be happy to schedule an appointment for you. 
Sif's mouth drops open in disbelief. How had that not worked? That would have worked for Hera, she's sure of it. Maybe she messed up somehow? Damn it, she knew this was a bad idea. She wasn't cut out for this. Oh, Meta, my dear. Raphael's voice slinks through the air from somewhere beyond the door, an odd, sing-songy quality lacing his words. Close the door, would you? Your naughty prince is about to break loose. You'll have to give him a spanking before chaining him up again. Sif blinks and looks to the woman. What is that man going on about? A prisoner? Sif's eyes widen. Did Raphael apprehend a suspected member of Ouroboros? Negative. The woman stares back at Sif without a hint of emotion before turning her neck to respond to Raphael. Of course, sir. But I would suggest we postpone this session for the time being. Sif ducks down and waddles through the small open space behind the woman, slipping inside. Raphael! Sif calls out angrily, power walking in the direction of the large central podium overlooking the chambers. She squinted, trying to pinpoint Raphael's position. Where are you? And what's this about a prisoner? I thought we agreed to transparency! Don't tell me you have more secrets to hide! Lady Sif? Raphael sounds as though he'd almost choked on something. Metallic rustling reverberates throughout the room, but Sif can't tell where from. Moments later, a loud clank draws Sif's attention towards the direction of the podium. Her eyes are drawn to a pair of heavy-looking shackles situated just to the side of the podium. Those weren't there before. Sif mutters suspiciously and takes a step closer to the podium. I don't know what you're up to, Raphael, but you better cut it out! I'm in no mood for games! A moment passes before Raphael pokes his head up from behind the podium. His wings slowly spread out behind him, but he stays put, his eyes barely visible behind the top of his glasses. Oh, so it is you, Lady Sif. <clears throat> I uh, really wish you would have made an appointment. Well, I'm here now. Sif juts her hip out to the side and crosses her arms, trying her best to look confident. Realizing that it likely only served to accentuate her backside, she promptly uncrosses her arms and stands up straight. Yes, you certainly are. You caught me at an awkward moment, I'm afraid. I dropped something very important and uh, very small. It's somewhere behind this podium, and I... You are a strange man, Raphael. I don't know what you're doing, and frankly, I don't care. I'm just here to deliver a bit of Bifrost dust as a sign of good faith. Ah, I see. This is a surprise. I'd assumed you'd be sending delegates on your behalf. No. I'm taking my people and heading back to Asgard with Lady Hera, and I want to get this over with. Ah, very well. Am I to assume that this is related to your wedding? Assume whatever you want. Sif reaches into her cleavage and pulls out a small pouch of glistening rainbow-colored dust. This should suffice. <laughs> Splendid. Feel free to hand the dust off to my, uh, assistant. Despite the unfortunate circumstances, it was nice to see you again, Lady Sif. <sighs> yep. Sif grumbles as she waltzes over to the curvy woman from before and holds her arm out, dangling the pouch of Bifrost expectantly. The woman just stands there and stares. Sif frowns and places the pouch atop the woman's head. She grumbles and turns back to face Tyr before storming down the hall. They make their way down one sprawling golden hallway after another before reaching their destination, a door covered in etchings of Olympian origin. She knocks, and moments later an all-too-familiar voice carries over from somewhere on the other side, bringing a smile to Sif's face.
Ugh, Erebus. Did I not just tell you to leave me be? It's rather difficult to relax when you're hovering about all shadowy and whatnot. Hello, Hera! It's me! Sif exclaims, waving at the door. Sif! She adds, just in case. She hears what sounds like water splashing about, followed by footsteps gradually leading to the door. It swings open, revealing one very naked Hera, dripping with water. Sif chuckles and shakes her head in amusement. Tyr makes an odd gasping noise and promptly looks away, what? raising his one remaining hand to his face to cover his eyes. <gasps> Sif! It's so good to see you. I'd hug you, of course, but you caught me in the middle of a bath. Do come in! I'll go dry off! Hera motions forward, ignoring Tyr entirely. Sif nods and does just that, and Tyr bumbles in behind her, bumping his shoulder against the door as he does so. <laughs> you sure do love your baths. Sif smiles warmly. Hera glides over a creamy white marble floor, one more in line with Olympian architecture than the usual obnoxious gold of Eden's design, towards light pouring out from an open door at the other end of the hall. She steps in, returns moments later with a towel in hand, and promptly begins to pat herself dry, rubbing all over her body before ruffling the towel down her long mane of luscious violet hair. Mm-hmm. What can I say? I'm a creature of habit. Nothing quite like a good soak and some ambrosia to go along with it. Hera speaks up, wagging her head back and forth as she finishes drying off her hair. Tear. Sif reaches into her cleavage to procure a small pouch of Bifrost, then reaches up to plant it atop one of his broad shoulders. She pats it down, and the large man cautiously peeks out between his fingers to stare down at her. Grab my things and make your way to Odin's castle. We'll meet up with you shortly. Nodding, the large man turns his back to the two of them. Sif makes her way over to Hera, who somehow managed to clothe herself in the interim and was currently in the process of putting her heels on. Once she's done, she hops up and joins Sif's side. I'm a wee bit inebriated. Um, I can't for the life of me remember what Odin's chambers look like. Hera says, squinting at Sif. So, will you do the honor? Hera offers her hand. Smiling, Sif takes Hera's hand. Luckily for the both of them, Sif knew the castle in great detail, right down to the dust tucked away in the corners of the windows. It would be easy for Sif to recall a memory of the place, so it was just up to Hera to give herself over to Sif's will, so that they may travel the Bifrost together, as though they were one. Hang on tight, Sif says, chuckling, as it almost felt like she were instructing her daughter, Thruth. Don't let go. I wouldn't dream of it, Hera whispers, staring into Sif's eyes. Using her free hand, Hera presents Sif with a purse full of Bifrost. Sif reaches in and grabs several pinches worth of rainbow dust and throws it up over them. Colors burst around them as they dematerialize and, at long last, leave Eden. The array of flashing colors fades from Sif's view as she reappears in one of Asgard's many great halls, particularly the one within Odin's castle. Stone walls in every direction, pelts and weapons on the walls. A strong, woody smell wafts in through the open windows. These aren't the stuffy, perfect gold hallways of Eden. No, this is home. Sif looks over just as Hera flashes in beside her. She tilts her head back to peek behind Hera and notices Tyr leaning against the wall behind her. Sif turns, locks eyes with Hera, and smiles. She's happy Hera accompanied her home, even though there's probably a lot she has to tend to in Olympus. Though given Sif's willingness to share the Bifrost with Hera, it isn't like she'll ever have trouble getting home. 
This is where Fenrir was apprehended? Hera asks, eyeing the decor. I was expecting a bit more of a mess. Dwarves work fast, Sif says, running her hand along a wall, curious if anything would seem out of place. Svartalheim isn't far, so they didn't need the Bifrost to get here. Pridemarsh sent his most capable men from Nidavellir here, while the rest were sent throughout the cosmos to aid in rebuilding the Bifrost. Fascinating, Hera says, though Sif wonders if she meant it. I take it they repaired Bilskinner as well? Yes, so that I'd have somewhere to return to. Sif answers, wincing, knowing how Hera will react. Hera looks at her, narrows her eyes, and shakes her head. You're not planning to stay there alone, are you? Would it matter if I said I feel Thor's presence when I'm there? Fine, I'll send word to my children and have them bring my things here. You can't! Why not? Last I checked, there were 540 rooms. I doubt you're using all of them. But you should be back in Olympus! Ruling! Tyr, give us some privacy. Hera says, looking to the man. A devious little smirk crawls onto Hera's face and she slaps Tyr's stomach. Like a good soldier, Tyr looks to Sif before making a move. She nods, and he grabs Sif's belongings and carries them off. I just can't win with you. <laughs> you owe me. So why the detour here? <sighs> because he's here. Sif knows he must have felt their presence, and now that he's been acknowledged, he'll approach them at any minute. Then, as though he could hear her thoughts, Vidar appears. <laughs> Hera turns and steps back when she catches sight of the eight-foot-tall barbarian before her. Mm, wow, so much for privacy. Hera says, sulking as she looks Vidar up and down. <laughs> Didn't hear you come in, big fella. She chuckles and slaps his stomach. He doesn't budge or look at her, resulting in Hera frowning again. Nobody ever does. Vidar doesn't look much better than the last time Sif saw him, which was during the evacuation. That means he's still got blood all over his clothing, both on his leather tunic and throughout the wolves' pelts he wore over his back. He reeks of the battle, so she doubts he's showered in quite some time. Just as before the fighting began, there isn't a scratch on Vidar, and that fact alone angers Sif. Though it isn't his fault, she shouldn't be mad at him for surviving. Vidar must look like a monster to Hera, especially as he approaches Sif. There's Jotun in him, just like Thor and just like her children. It's mostly evident by their height, and thankfully they don't grow as large as the full-blooded Jotun do. Though he was small by the standards of Jotun, Vidar's hand still weighs heavy on Sif's shoulder when he touches her. He's so heavy that she winces against the pressure. <clears throat> he must have noticed, as he pulls away and sheepishly withdraws seconds later. It's fine, Sif nods. I'm fine. The meeting went... Sif faces Hera, and she nods. Fine. Though I think you should have been there. Vidar stands and turns his back on them. Uh. His large shoulders fall, and he shakes his head. Why weren't you? Vidar turns, revealing a sullen expression over his unshaven face. Uh. He points down the hall, in the direction of Odin's personal chambers. Uh. What's that mean? Hera raises an eyebrow. Why isn't he talking? Can he not speak? He's taken a vow of silence until he can avenge his father... and brother. I see. Hera taps her chin. All the more reason he should have gone. 
Maybe he could have jumped into the fray with Fenrir, in Freya's place. The dar stomps, shaking the hallway and the chandeliers above them. Calm down! Sif narrows her eyes. Freya's fine. She did fine. Vidar squints. But Fenrir lives. <gasps> Vidar clenches his hands into fists and prepares to punch the wall, but stops himself. Instead, he exhales, lowers his fists, and taps his forehead against the stone wall. Still don't understand why he didn't go. His vow will last until Fenrir is dead, so... He didn't want to break bread with the other pantheons. None of them helped us. None but you, of course. So he doesn't think he could have kept his temper in check? <laughs> of course not. Sif eyes Vidar, who watches both women with dim eyes. He would have attacked Jade at the first hint of provocation. He wouldn't have listened to Raphael and very well might have fought Michael to get to Fenrir. Well, it was certainly mature of him to stay behind. He wants to be a wise king like Odin was. But he doesn't trust himself to be. Sif looks away. And I don't either. Which is why I think it's best that I continue acting as the representative for Asgard until- Vidar slams his fist into the ground, shaking the castle again. He glares at Sif and spits in Hera's direction. <sighs> Touchy. Hera says, stepping away from the rather large glob on the ground. Not keen on having Sif in charge? Hmm. Not keen on anything that doesn't fit the prophecies. Odin foresaw all of this. Granted, some things played out a bit differently. Tears alive, as is Freyr, but... Vidar's gaze crashes to the ground. But most things are as he said they'd be. And after Ragnarok, I don't blame Vidar for wanting to stick to his father's predictions. Odin said that Vidar would lead the surviving gods, so that's what he plans on doing. I see. Hera says, cupping her chin. But he isn't willing to play nice with the other houses. Not at all. Even if it gets in the way of his vengeance. Vidar peeks at Hera. Sif watches Hera and wonders what the woman's thinking. Personally, Sif doesn't want Vidar interacting with the other pantheons after the excuse Hera gave them for why she was there in his place. She'd hate to have to explain that. Mary Sif. Hera says, causing Vidar to straighten his back and lift his shoulders. <laughs> Sif looks back and forth between Vidar, who can't believe such a suggestion was made, and Hera, who looks confident as always. That way you get to sit on the throne as Odin predicted, while Sif does all the heavy political lifting. Hera points. She'll act as an ambassador to the pantheons you're willing to work with. Sif looks to Vidar and wonders if he's processing everything. His expression continues to twist, and he's going through so many emotions Sif just can't keep up. It may seem strange at first, but this will be best for Asgard. I don't know many details of Odin's predictions, but what I do know is that the Archangels are without leadership. <laughs> that Asgard isn't. We haven't got exact totals on casualties yet, but it's safe to assume there won't be enough mortal worshippers to go around. So right now, only the smartest, most flexible pantheons will survive. Her emotions to Sif, who doesn't know if she's supposed to speak or not, was Hera really serious about all of this? 
The other pantheons accepted whatever Sif said back in Eden because they believed Hera's claim. Couldn't she just continue that way? So, Vidar? Hera says, locking eyes with the giant man. What do you say? Is all this really necessary? Sif asks, already knowing how Hera would respond. This is only for status. There's no reason to make a big to-do over it. Sif continues as she's dragged into the bathhouse by Hera. Hera responds, not with words, but actions. She drinks from her chalice with one hand, while using the other to yank Sif's top down. Her chest, luckily covered by a black bra, bounces over the furred hem of her dress. It's tradition. Hera says, sloppily chuckling and swaying from what must have been her fourth drink that night. Sif huffs and covers herself. They hadn't even entered the sauna yet, and Sif was already flushed. It's a good thing she had her Gyotha send word to the bathhouse so that it'd be empty, sends for a few older female workers. Jade and the others believed us back at the meeting. We don't have to go through with this. We should be planning for anything else. You're right. Hera says before taking another nice long lap of her ambrosia. But it isn't just the Jade Emperor or the Archangels he have to convince. You don't think Tahuti believed us? Sif feels Hera pulling her towards one of the steam rooms in the back. Sif knows she could stop Hera with a turn of her wrist, not just because the woman's lubricated, but because Sif herself is an acer. Yes, it would be easy enough for Sif to put her foot down and stop this, but it's so hard to say no to Hera when she looks so thoroughly pleased with herself. Sif can't tell if it's the massive smile or the ambrosia that left Hera's cheeks rosy, but Sif likes it. It reminds her of the expressions Hera used to make when they were godlings, back when they would sneak down to Midgard to stir up trouble. <laughs> Tahuti's easy. He's so smart, he's stupid. Hera kicks off her heels aside the wooden door leading right into the steam room. Sif goes to follow suit. Hera doesn't wait and just tugs her in. He'll believe anything he sees in writing. It's been so long since she's been here. The last time she was here was when she was preparing herself for Thor. The thought is as warm as the steam rising off the heated stones around them. Sif can't help but smile when she sees the same large wooden tubs she washed away her maiden status in many centuries ago. Hera was there with her then, and in spite of the circumstances, it's nice having Hera there now. Hera seems far less interested in their picturesque surroundings and continues undressing Sif. Hera has a bit of trouble with her bra, so Sif reluctantly undoes it for her. <sighs> there. Thank you! Hera sings as she skips away and begins taking off her own clothes with ease. <laughs> Figures, as they're little more than thin bits of fabric barely managing to obscure her private bits. With Zeus gone, Sif couldn't really understand why Hera would continue dressing in such a... provocative manner. Though knowing Hera, it was probably to make some sort of grand statement. Those things have gone over Sif's head ever since they were godlings. She really didn't understand why a woman wouldn't want to present herself as modest and ladylike. Wasn't there so much less to gain by seeming loose? Great. Now they're both standing there in the nude and Sif can't help but compare their bodies. She's sure Hera's doing the same on account of how much Hera's studying her figure. Hera's still so... buoyant. Her limbs are every bit as slender as they were when they were girls, and she's only rounder and fleshier in the most ideal places. 
How had she managed to keep her midsection so tight after all these centuries? Was Olympian magic so much more advanced that Sif showed that she'd had three children, whereas Hera didn't look like she'd given birth a single time? Sif goes to cover her midsection and her chest, but Hera reaches out and pushes her hands away. What? Hera asks, sipping the last bit of her drink before setting the goblet down. There's nothing there I haven't seen before. Yeah, but it all sags more than you remember. Sif says, looking away and feeling a hot breath roll over her lips. Probably. I'm sure of it. Nonsense. Hera cups Sif's cheek and presses her forehead against Sif's. Either due to the alcohol or the atmosphere, Hera had already begun to sweat. Ironic, considering Sif was the one here for cleansing. You're every bit as beautiful as I remember. Even more so if I'm being honest. That's the ambrosia talking. You Olympians think everyone is beautiful, and that's dangerous. Zeus was dangerous. I'm friendly. And if I wasn't, you wouldn't know. Because I have self-control. About the other person who needs convincing? Who else in Eden needs to believe I'm married to Vidar? Between your words at the meeting and the arrangement with Vidar, we should all be on the same page. Let's sit. Hera tugs Sif down to the side of one of the wooden tubs. They sit along the edge of the pool, where there's a large ladle that Hera uses to scoop some of the warm water onto Sif's body. I just don't understand why we have to pretend like I'm really marrying him. It's because you are. Hera stops pouring water onto Sif's back. I am. But only so that I can continue ruling over Asgard until Modi or Thruth are ready to take the throne. I don't want to, but neither does Vidar. He's never been the leader type. He's not like my Thor. So it's just easier this way. Has Vidar told you these things himself? Sif feels a colder liquid hit her back. Hera rubs it in, and it's silky and smooth like soap. I'm used to men. And men, no matter how quiet, are always... ambitious. They always want what they can't have, and even when they get it, they're never satisfied. So just because he doesn't say what he wants... He doesn't say anything. Doesn't mean he doesn't want things. By now, Hera's worked up a nice foamy lather on Sif's back. She pushes the suds from Sif's back to the front of her chest and runs her fingers down over her stomach. She squeezes a bit of Sif's stomach fat, causing her to gasp. <gasps> what are you implying? Sif asks, turning her head back to glare at Hera. I won't. I refuse. The only kids I'm putting on that throne are Thor's. That's fine. Then we'll tell him you're infertile. Golden light radiates about Hera's fingers as she outlines Sif's lower abdomen, no, her uterus. Even though that's very far from the truth. Hera. He'll believe whatever I say in that regard. I won't ever make you do anything you don't want to. It's Vidar. He's the one I need to convince. Sif says, assuming she understands Hera's angle more. That's why we're doing the purification ritual. That's why we'll have a ceremony. And that's why... I'll be among the witnesses escorting you to the bridal couch. It isn't funny. Not in the least. Sif hates it, but she laughs anyway. (laughs) 
Hera's drunk, so of course she joins in. They're giggling like godlings, but that doesn't make any of this hurt any less. I was so stupid. Sif says, brushing a finger underneath her eyelid, just in case. You shut down Jade. I wouldn't have thought of it myself. I have no power. But you thought of a way to give me all the power in an instant. You're doing whatever you can to take care of me, Thruth, the Aesir, and all the Olympians, too. You're so amazing, Hera. Oh, come now. Hera cups her own cheek. I should only be blushing because of the ambrosia. I'm serious. Sif puts her hands on Hera's large, soft thighs and leans forward, narrowing her eyes on her fellow queen. You know what it takes to get what you want. So I'll listen. I'll listen to anything you say, Hera. Because I know you won't hurt me. You'll get Vidar to believe this marriage is serious. And I'll send him away at once. Hera says, running her hand through Sif's hair. Right after the wedding, I'll see to it that he's on Midgard, searching every nook and cranny for your children. He won't lay a hand on you after the wedding night. We'll even come here and do the purification all over again if that's what it takes. Would you like that? Yes, Sif says, smiling, and feeling her body tense up to prevent her from tearing up. Please, Hera, please. Don't worry, Sif. From now on, we'll be together. I'll protect you. We won't be separated by Zeus or the Archangels or the mortals who refuse to worship our names in the same breath. Hera's hands come to rest on the sides of Sif's head. They hold each other in a heated gaze for what feels like forever. Our pantheons are on the cusp of a lasting unity. The combined might and influence of the Aesir and the Olympians will be second only to the Archangels. And I assure you that closing that gap is an inevitability. Midgard may have fallen and the mortals may be gone, but the realm itself is not forsaken. Whether by their own volition or merely a result of misfortune, there are many who still call it home. And I... Pausing, Hera leans forward to rest a hand atop Sif's shoulder. She meets her gaze and her smile widens. Intend to conquer it. Sif's eyes widen and she glances nervously to the side. So many questions rush to the forefront of her mind all at once. Conquer? But... The King of Kings is gone. Their rules don't matter anymore. Together, we'll take the throne and the power that comes with it. I'll change the cosmos so that you, me, and no other woman ever has to hurt again. I promise you, together, we will prosper. You want that, don't you? She's close enough that her scent invades Sif's senses. Memories of long ago trickle into focus. This was not the first time Hera had held her close and whispered comforts to assuage Sif's doubts, nor was it the first time Sif felt any and all objection melt away. Hera knew best. Why should now be any different? Yes, I do. That's my girl. Hera smiles warmly, rubbing Sif's shoulder. I know that you're tired of war. As am I. That's why now is the time to act. 
With the houses in disarray and the archangels scrambling to pick up the pieces, we have a window of opportunity here. And I say, we take it. Hera, Sif whispers as she finds herself embracing her friend. Oh, okay. A hug. I take it you like my idea, then. Hera purrs directly into Sif's ear as she rubs up and down her spine. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And it goes on like that for minutes. Hours, even. They stop noticing how warm the room is and sit there together, sweating, laughing, smiling, crying, and scheming. Sometimes Sif feels broken. Sometimes she feels vulnerable and weak. Sometimes she's afraid someone might take advantage of her or hurt her. But whenever those feelings threaten to take over, Hera's there. Hera's there to protect her, to be strong for the both of them. Hera's there to be her rock. Hera wouldn't ever let that happen. Jade can't. The Archangels can't. Vidar won't. Nobody will hurt Sif or her family again, thanks to Hera. For so long, Sif was worried she couldn't survive without Thor. Right now, she feels kind of guilty, because so long as Hera is around, Sif wants to continue fighting. Sif feels like she can be strong, as the Queen of the Acer needs to be. I think it's starting to cool off in here, Hera says, standing up and jiggling around in Sif's line of sight. That or I'm coming down for my buzz. Do they serve drinks here? I believe you can ask the lady at the front desk, Sif says, deciding to get a start on tying her hair back into the long braids she'd entered with. Hera only manages a step towards the door when Sif calls out to her. <laughs> Wear a towel, please. Hera stops, looks back, and smiles. <laughs> All right, but only for you. Hera grabs one of the towels off a rack near the door and wraps it around her body. It does very little to obscure her curves. Maybe when I get back I can restore your purity. He might like that. No. I understand that you've only known ambitious men, but my life has been filled with simple ones. I think that there's still a lot of respect for Thor inside of Adar. He's doing this as a favor for me and my children. He knows that Thor was here first and that nothing could or should change that. You're too trusting, Sif. Hera opens the door to leave. But that's what I love about you. You can see the good in people. No matter how far gone they are. God Complex is produced by Name Pending Creations, featuring music by Jeremy King, art by Zoe Cox, and the voice talents of Kathy Fouch, Finn M.K., Ben Balmaceda, Edoxographist, Jeremy Smith-Sebasto, and Kate Page. If you enjoyed this episode and want to support the production, consider pledging to us at www.patreon.com npc. Every little bit helps in making the show better for listeners like you. Thank you.